Are you ready to become the dad you were meant to be? Good, because this is the Epic Dad Legacy Podcast, where imperfect actions are better than perfect ideas, promises kept are more important than promises made, and nothing happens unless you make it happen. My name is Drew, father of three, the founder of the Epic Dad Company. My mission is to help dads up their game and become the husbands, fathers, and men they are called to be. We need Epic Dads now more than ever. And it is your responsibility and obligation to become the best father you can be and show your kids what is possible. Listen in for weekly tips, strategies, and actions you can take to go from average dad to epic dad. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the episode. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Epic Dad Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Drew Camp here. Hey, this is the podcast that is dedicated to helping you level up as a dad, become the husband, man, and father you are called to be. Guys, thank you for being here. If this is your first time, you are in for a treat today. Uh, but before we hop into that, guys, I want to let you know about our Epic Dad 7-Day Challenge. Now, a lot of our episodes lately, uh, a lot of our content lately has really been about momentum. Uh, us as high-performing dads, we need to feel like we're staying in momentum. We need to feel like we have structure. We need to feel like we are checking things off the box, getting things done. And that leads us to momentum, right? I, I tell this story about a C-130 that's sitting on the tarmac. And it takes a lot of momentum, right, to get that huge hunk of metal up in the air. It can't just start from a dead still stop and go flying, soaring through the air. It's the same thing with us, right, is we have to build up that momentum to get us going down the runway, to get us moving at a faster pace so that we can spread our wings and start to fly. And then all of a sudden we're in momentum and we feel like we are unstoppable. And so if you are feeling like you are stuck, if you are feeling like you need to start getting some momentum, get back into the rhythm, I want you to sign up for our Epic Dad 7-Day Challenge. Uh, this is a free 7-Day Challenge that is delivered through email. Each challenge is between 10 and 20 minutes long. And I'm telling you, if you can read directions and follow directions, then by the end of this week, you are going to be feeling like you are back in momentum. So if that is you, if you need something to kind of kickstart your engine, right, to, to get that momentum going down the runway, to get to where you can go soar and accomplish your goals, then go ahead and click the link below, take you to a quick sign up page and sign up for our free 100% free Epic Dad seven day challenge. All right, guys, let's hop into uh, this episode today. Uh, I have on a guy that I have followed for quite some time uh, in the kind of entrepreneur uh, dad space. He is out there killing it. Uh, today's guest is Matt Schneider. Uh, now, Matt is an entrepreneur. He's a husband. He's a father. He is the executive vice president of a global SaaS organization. He's the co-founder of the Modern Day Night Project with Bedros Koulian. He is the co-founder and instructor of the Squire program. Uh, he is an executive level business coach. Uh, he used to be in SWAT and on the U.S. Marshals Fugitive Team. Uh, and now he spends most of his time pouring into other men and husbands and wives, coaching them on how they can increase the effectiveness and efficiency of their business and their relationships. And when I start to dive into his experiences and expertise, I just continue to learn more and more about uh, the things that Matt has accomplished. His resume is truly stunning. Um, and what, what Matt and I get into today is how dads can really start to take control of their lives uh, become the husbands, fathers, and men they're called to be. They can gain increased sovereignty and create financial freedom for themselves and their family. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation and get a lot of valuable nuggets from it. If you do, my ask is that you share this show with another dad that's in your network. 
uh, share the show, and then go ahead and jump down and leave us a five-star review as well. So, all right, guys, with that out of the way, let's hop into this episode with Matt Schneider. Mr. Matt Schneider, how are you? I'm awesome, dude. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good, man. Thank you for being here. Yeah, dude. Thank you for having me. Looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, man. So I, I followed your, like I said, you know, we talked a little bit before we hopped on. I followed your journey for, you know, quite some time. And um, a lot of things that I really am looking forward to in this conversation um, that I think a lot of dads can get get value from. And so, um, dude, super pumped you're here, man. Um, for guys that don't know you, that aren't following you, um, you know, would you mind giving just kind of a little, a little bio of one, what you're doing now, and then let's, we'll, we'll back up and kind of, you know, go where you came from. Totally. Yeah. So, um, the here and now I am a husband and a father, uh, first and foremost, been together with my wife for 20 years. We celebrated our 17 years together in June. Uh, we have an incredible 14 year old son. Um, who, you know, we always heard all these horror stories about teenagers and our son is not one of them. That that boy is just incredible. Um, he just got picked up from uh, Boise State University. Most people know Idaho, where I'm from, for the blue turf. He's for mm -hmm. the last two weeks been doing a sports camp over at Boise State. Um, uh, I'm the executive vice president and a co-owner of a software company called Fit Pro Tracker. It's based out of Arizona. Um, it's a fitness software. It's a full suite. Um, CRM, billing, communications, you name it. Um, I am the founder of a, of a parent company called Memento Mori Capital. And um, underneath it are a few different companies. One of them is a business coaching that I do for uh, entrepreneurs who are scaling to that next level. They're looking okay. to um, hit that next gear in their uh, business. Um, we also recently launched a couples community called Ubuntu. Uh, Ubuntu is a, stems from an African proverb, meaning I am because we are. Uh, and so we're super pumped about that. Um, that's really intentional about getting couples to uh, become much more cohesive, much more aligned, and um, all of the parts and pieces that it takes to dominate as a couple and, and um, achieve force multiplication in their health, wealth, and relationships. Um, I um, or am, am in the process of right now launching a construction company along with, actually, it's a coaching client that's been a coaching client of mine for quite a while out of uh, Iowa, we're bringing it to Idaho. So we have that in the mix as well currently. And then a few other things, we have some investments and in some luxury home funds and things and um, uh, other stuff, but that's the okay. here and now version of what we're doing. Yeah, one or two things going on. <laughs> a couple, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, that, that's, uh, that's impressive, man. We'll, uh, we'll dive into all that because I'm curious. And like, I had these conversations too, like part of Part of, you know, this podcast, like, is just selfishly, I, I, I want to, like, learn from people, you know, sure, um, sure. you know, and, and it seems like it's a common thread of, like, you know, these, these awesome dads that are doing stuff. It's not just like, yeah, I'm crushing it in one thing. It's like, I, I'm dialed in in several things, right, in several mm -hmm. areas. And, mm -hmm. and I would, yeah, I, we'll dive into it for sure. But would love to know, like, how are you managing all that, man? Uh, that is a lot, but we'll, we'll get to yeah. it. So totally. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And just so you know, selfishly, um, you know, I, I love doing podcasts uh, because I love giving value, but then I love receiving value. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm a huge proponent. I, I, I made a pivot in my life some years ago to where, you know, I um, require myself to earn a seat at other people's table to be given the opportunity and the privilege when somebody mm -hmm. reaches out like yourself and says, hey, would you like to be on our on our podcast? That is really a privilege for any guest that comes on to any podcast, because that is you saying, I'd like to share your message with, 
with our community, right? With our listeners and anybody that's willing to take the time to listen to this uh, and, and give us that time, that is precious. And so it, it really is um, something that I don't take lightly and it, and it is an honor. Um, and hopefully, you know, by the end of this, people will really um, have some real gold nuggets that'll help them in some key areas. Yeah, for sure. Well, I've, I've got my, uh, my notebook right here. So if nobody else does, I will for sure. So right on. Um, cool. Cool. <laughs> that, just one, I do it for, if it's just one, that's good enough. That's right. Well, yeah. um, dude, I want to hear, hear kind of about your background. And I, I know if I'm listening to, you know, other podcasts and kind of knowing your story a little bit, but, yeah. um, you know, it wasn't like you exactly had a great kind of father figure mentor to, to model success off of. Right. So yeah. can you, can you back us, you know, up to, you know, kind of Matt as a, as a young child, what that looked like. And then, yeah. you know, what have you used from that to, to help fuel where you're at now? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the product of a, a drunk, abusive uh, father. Um, I don't have many memories of this real early on because my mom took her last beating when I was three, she was pregnant with my little brother. He, she was seven months pregnant with him. She loaded up my older brother and I in the middle of the night after she took the last beating, he passed out. We went from uh, Northern California, San Francisco Bay Area down to Newport Beach area where my grandmother was living and my mom just had to get the hell out of there. So she didn't necessarily have a place for us to go. Um, my grandmother didn't have a place for us to, to go either. We found a little houseboat. There's pictures of me getting in and out of this houseboat as just a little tyke. And we spent um, some time there until my mom could get established. Uh, unfortunately, that was the second abusive relationship she had been in. My older brother was a, a very similar story. And um, she just had a had a, a long stint of choosing men that uh, did not respect women uh, and were, uh, you know, abusive of substances and of people. So um, there was this revolving door. There was a cycle of men that came and went out of my life as I grew up. And um, we, we had constant restarts. We moved around constantly, changing schools, changing cities, changing states. And, you know, um, as I grew up, my mom would, would, bring one guy in. And then just as soon as that relationship was starting to dissolve, she would divorce them and move on to the next one. She um, is actually separating from her eighth husband currently as we're recording this now. Um, I just actually found out she had moved into a an apartment the other day from one of my brothers. Um, so, you know, a lot of restarts, a lot of, of um, you know, opportunity, I would say to become resilient. And, uh, but a, a huge, um, gap and real missing component of what a uh, a healthy relationship looked like, what a father uh, looked like, what a husband looked like, and um, ended up having to figure that out much later on in life that I'm sure we'll get into. Um, but you know, it was uh, it was a challenge. There's five of us kids, and the priority was always us kids from the standpoint of any guy that she brought in the equation always had to be they had to treat us right. They couldn't abuse us. So after the third husband, uh, she started shifting gears to where at least they couldn't be abusive. And, um, and so it wasn't that we had this long history of, of uh, mental, physical abuse our entire childhood, but it was prominent enough in the beginning. And then the mm -hmm. revolving door continued on. Yeah. You said something and you probably didn't even notice it. Um, but I thought was amazing. You said plenty of opportunities to become resilient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, where's that mindset come from? Cause, uh, you know, a lot of guys would go through that, right. Um, yeah. you know, and, and, and be challenged with that is challenging. Right. But to have a negative mm -hmm. mindset. So 
is that something you you've always had, you know, since you were a kid of kind of looking at it as an opportunity, these challenges, or is that something you've fostered over time and kind of learned how to, how to do? You know, the, the world doesn't give a shit about how we feel. Right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't care about our feelings and we can choose to look at any circumstance, any way we'd like to. And I figured out early on that the, the circumstance that I was growing up in was, was not healthy. Like I, I picked up on that, right? I knew that um, I was about 10 years old when, when I figured out that my normal wasn't the, the normal. It wasn't normal. You know, as a certain age, as a kid, you, you don't realize that what's happening in your house is not happening in other people's houses. Yep. I was about mm-hmm. 10 when I, when I figured that out. And um, I also realized I did not want to repeat that cycle, right? So I really started to observe people and, and observe the environment. And what I picked up on is that, uh, you know, I can choose to look at this as something that I use as a crutch, or I can choose to use it as something that propels me forward. I chose to let it create a chip on my shoulder. I -hmm. chose to Mm -hmm. let it create a fire in my belly and, um, you know, enrage in my eye, but to control it to the standpoint of, I was going to use it for good. I was not going to repeat that cycle. And I was going to look at the glass half full. I was going to find the silver lining or the golden thread. And I was going to create opportunities out of, out of the circumstance that I couldn't change. And as a young kid, I didn't have any control over, but um, I would allow for that to propel me forward and to propel my family forward and to create generational uh, change and impact. Yeah. How, how has that experience, um, and I mean, loaded question, right? Because it's probably in a million ways, but how, how has that changed your experience now as a father um, and, and the way you're showing up? Well, dude, look, I mean, I don't, like, I don't have um, a recipe necessarily. Uh, what I can tell you is that because I didn't have a, um, I didn't have mentorship as I grew up. Like I, I didn't look at it through the lens of, uh, this is what a healthy marriage looks like. And this is what, this is what a healthy yeah. father son relationship looks like. Um, I, what I knew was I was going to break the cycle and I knew I needed to, I needed to figure out how I was going to do that because I didn't have the reference points. What I knew was when things got tough, throw in the towel, right? That was my experience. When things get hard, choose the easy path. And, um, and so I, you know, so many things that we learn in life, uh, we, we learn it because we think I'm not going to do that. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like the lesson that's learned is what that, what just happened. I'm not going to do that. So I started surrounding myself with other healthy relationships. As I became an adult, you know, there's two opportunities at this parent child relationship. There's the first when you are the child. And then the second is when you're the parent. Right. So I, I knew that when I became a parent, um, that was my second opportunity at the parent child relationship. And I just started surrounding myself by other healthy couples that did represent the kind of values and the kind of um, love and fulfillment and wealth that um, that I wanted. When I say wealth, I don't just mean it in the financial sense. I mean it in they're having a kick-ass time doing life together. And so I started picking up lessons because some lessons are taught, other lessons are caught, right? So mm-hmm. I started hanging around people that would teach me and that I could catch uh, those lessons. And, and so I use that as a, as a guidebook, you might say. Yeah, I think... Um... One, one thing that was very interesting to me. So I, I just had a son. He's he'll be seventeen months tomorrow, right? Um, and uh, I've, I've had two girls before that. And it just having a son has just totally changed. I mean, everything I would say. Um, you know, like having girls is is an amazing experience. And like 
it has forced me to look in the mirror and and try to be the man that I want them to marry one day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like to, to set that example of like, you know, how you should treat a woman and how I treat my wife and things like that, right? Um, and that's been an amazing experience. But something something flipped inside of me when I found out that we were having a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's almost indescribable, right? But it, but it's really that feeling of like, holy shit, man, uh, this guy that, that is about to be brought in this world is going to grow up and want to emulate me. He's going to want to be like me. He's going to do everything yeah. I do. All my, all my strengths are going to become his. All my faults are going to become his. And yeah. so like it has really forced me to look in the mirror and be like, okay, what, what is a man, right? Like I got to teach him about being a man. Like, what is that? How do I define that for myself? Um, you know, and make sure that I'm, I'm teaching those values. Like, was it like that for you too? I mean, when, when you had your son? Yeah, I was, I was scared when we started. We didn't know how many kids we were going to have, but I, when she got pregnant, my wife got pregnant. Um, there was a part of me that was really scared because I was I, I knew I was entering in territory where the only real lessons I had to work with were the things that I did not want to repeat. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you, there is absolutely this, this sense of, of we are, we, everything we do in their eyes is the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we, and we are the superhero to them. We are, um, like we're the end all be all to them. And that is a huge responsibility, you know? And, um, and so I knew that, that, that just like you said, like I needed to become the man that I wanted my son to become. And I needed to treat my wife in a way that my son understood what it meant to, to treat a woman and to be in a healthy relationship with. Um, and then, you know, I figured I would just, do this thing called parenting and to figure it out along the way too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not, you know, there's a lot of parenting books out there, but everybody's experience is going to be different, you know? Yeah. And so there, there's, there's not a playbook, right. It's, it's figuring out as you go. Yeah. Um, but I think when it comes down to it, like to me, fatherhood is like synonymous with leadership, you know, it really is. Like if you take a, take a step back and look and say, okay, whether it's in the military, whether it's in the police, whether it's in the corporate structure, um, leadership is the same, right? And it is, you know, setting a standard for yourself, living up to that standard and being that example. And in my view, like nowhere is that more important than it is in the relationship with your kids. Yeah. Um, because of what you just said, right? They're looking up to you, the hero, everything you're doing is right. Um, you know, so you got to set that standard, you got to stick to it. Um, and, but what's great is it, it is the ultimate exercise in personal um, responsibility and like personal growth. Yeah. Uh, because I'm sure, you, you know, your son's a little bit older than, than my kids, but like my kids call me out of my shit now, right? My seven-year-old, you yeah. know, of like, dad, you said you're going to do this. And I'm like, fuck, I did say that. Like, yeah. I, you know, I need to do it, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of pierces you a little bit. So, yeah. I think, you know, it's, so, yeah, to me, it's, it's one of the same. It's like the, the traits that you, you do at the office, you know, if you're in a leadership position there are very, very similar to what you need to be doing at the home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, one of the, one of the things that I will never allow for and accept is to be a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, to me, that's one, that's one thing in particular that if I was ever seen as a hypocrite in my wife or son's eyes, that would just kill me, dude. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when it comes to the things that I preach, I do them. And there is no exception to the rule. Um, 
you know, if I, if I tell my son that he needs to do something, he knows I do it and, and he sees it in action. Like I'm also a big, a big proponent of, we, we can talk with our mouth all we want to, but what really matters is what we do with our feet, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's the action that's taken. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it, I completely agree. Yeah. There's this, uh, this quote that I love from, um, uh, the kite runner, um, a, a book by Palladio saying it just, uh, and the quote is there is only what you do and what you do not do. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, the, it's words all the time, but it has to be backed up with action, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. so I want to, I want to hear too, a little bit about kind of your story before you're at now, we've kind of talked about your childhood, mm -hmm. like you, you were in, um, kind of law enforcement for, for a while. Mm -hmm. Right. So tell me about that, because what I really want to do is dive into, um, a lot of what you have posted on, on Instagram and, and content mm -hmm. around entrepreneurship and really mm -hmm. like building sovereignty, building, you know, financial freedom, yeah. which I think a lot of dads want to do. Right. But we just don't really know like what, what's the right path, you know, like yeah. I've, I started working in corporate America because that's what I was told to do, yeah. um, you know, and I'm kind of stuck here now. Right. So what do I do? But that's kind of where I want the conversation to go. But, but walk me through kind of cool. your journey from, you know, being the police to, you know, that transition to entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of funny. Now it's funny. Back then it wasn't funny, but <laughs> I, I enrolled into a college course back in 2001 um, to go through the, the police academy, you could go through it, it was it was um, through Idaho State University. And by the end of it, you're, you're patrol certified, and then you're detention certified, which is a really attractive thing for departments, because they, they don't have to send you to the academy mm -hmm. and have to pay for it. I wanted to check out law enforcement and see if it was something I wanted to do. And so I enroll in this program, it's only about 50 miles away from the, the city I grew up in. So it was close enough to home to where if I need anything, I felt like I could, I could do that, but far enough to where I could start getting some independence. Well, I get about two weeks into this program and I get a call from the registrar's office and the gal on the other end of the phone says, Hey, we see you're enrolled in these courses. And, um, uh, but what we don't see is any payment on file. We don't see any student, uh, you know, financial aid or anything along those lines. Like, how do you plan on paying for your college? And, you know, there's this pause because I'm like, man, what, what is she saying right now? And so I respond back and she, I, I guaranteed her she was as, she was as flabbergasted by my response as I was about her question. I'm like, so are you telling me right now that college is not free? <laughs> and she's the, now she's the one that's pausing and she's no, uh, son, it's not free. Um, so she explained, that. I'm like, look, I, I, high school was free and other things were free. At least I think they were free. She's like, well, that's not the way it works in college. So I have to go down there. I register uh, or apply for some uh, emergency student loans. Those come through and I carry on. But just to give you a sense of, of how ill-prepared I was <laughs> and just how the, the, the lack of preparation and intentionality in raising the kids up to, to enter yeah. the world, I was already living outside of the house and I was enrolled in the college and I had to hear from a registrar's office that it wasn't free <laughs> like high school. So I finished that program. I continued on. I got my degree in psychology. And then in 2006, I was hired on with the Ada County Sheriff's Office in, uh, in Boise. I did that for 10 years, variety of different positions. Uh, did a year in detention, uh, a bunch of years in patrol, did five years on SWAT as an entry operator, a um, couple years with the U.S. Marshal Task Force as a fugitive guy, and then rounded it all out as a undercover narcotics detective. Um, and I uh, did that from you know 2006 until two uh, 2014 okay. as a full-time thing. And then, uh, but in 2013, I became an entrepreneur. I opened up our first company, 
Uh, it was a special operations tactics training company where we would teach, you know, civilians, uh, self-defense related stuff. We had contracts with the government, uh, the military. And, um, and then I stayed on as an administrative uh, um, reserve deputy. So a couple of times a month, I'd dress up and play cop for the day. But yeah, uh, I ended my, my law enforcement days in, uh, in 2014 as a full-time thing uh, prior to becoming an entrepreneur. Okay. What was, uh, what was that transition like? It was, well, it was quite painful to be honest <laughs> with you. It was really painful. I stumbled into entrepreneurism because we, we, my grandmother, she and her brother in, in the, um, like 60 years prior had started a, uh, like a sporting goods store in downtown San Francisco on market street. The family in 2013 was approached by the Hilton because they wanted to buy the property to put a hotel there. And so my mom, my grandmother had passed away. My mom and her two siblings had had um, divvied up the 50% of my grandmother's share. So my mom came into some money, approached me, said, Matt, you seem like a safe bet. I'd like to invest this. Uh, what would you do? That was the first time my wheels had ever really started turning about becoming an entrepreneur. And so I, I, I have that where I think a lot of people don't, but I can certainly answer the questions that you were getting to earlier about how does somebody make a transition if they'd like to, or, you know, create something. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I found myself thinking, what, what would I do? And because I had been in law enforcement and SWAT and these other things, uh, self-defense and tactics and shooting and things were, were something I knew well. The mistake I made though, Drew, was that I, I figured that, you know, in, in law enforcement and corporate and things, you can work yourself up a ladder because you work harder than other people, right? Mm -hmm. And you just have to be that standout and that person willing to get more done faster than than others, and then you'll get recognized by leadership if it's you know good leadership, and they'll they'll move up the ranks. That's what happened in law enforcement. That's not the way things happen as an entrepreneur. When you are that top person, um, <laughs> there's no more ranks to go up, and there's all the answers uh, that you have to come <laughs> yeah. up with. There's all the bills that you have to pay. So it was painful because I I made the mistake of of being foolish enough. Um, to go into it with very low business acumen and thinking that hard work would just pay off. And that, that is just not enough as an entrepreneur. Mm. Yeah. How long did you, uh, did you own that place? Uh, we sold it in 2019. Okay. So five years. Okay. Yeah. And, and how'd you get involved? I mean, you know, when we kind of did an intro, right, you're involved in, I don't know, like, like 15 things, it seems like, mm -hmm. like yeah. how did you start getting involved in some of that stuff? Um, well, the short answer is, is, um, proximity and personal development. Okay. So we sold, we, I had met a handful of, of really heavy hitting entrepreneurs in like 2017 timeframe. They had come through, uh, they were actually up in Idaho. There's a software called uh, ClickFunnels. That yeah, is yeah. for many Russell people. Russell. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. So Russell is here. ClickFunnels is, is based out of, out of Boise. And so there was these heavy hitting entrepreneurs that had flown in a private jet. There was some downtime at the ClickFunnels event. And we got a call saying, hey, these guys would like to do some shooting and moving stuff. Would you um, work them in? Which we did. At, prior to that moment, when these guys arrived, the, what, I, what my interpretation uh, and understanding and definition of success was, um, was it completely mm. like exploded in that moment. So before they showed up, it was very uh, like um, local, I would say, right? So, uh, you know, I was comparing my, my success. I was comparing my workday 
um, my flexibility, just, you know, what I had and what my reality was to my friends and to the, you know, the community mm -hmm. here. And, and so, you know, it was, um, well, you know, they drive that and I drive this and our house is that and there's that. Right. And, um, you know, I can do this when I want, but it was at a very low local level and I didn't even realize it. I had no idea how small the, the goals were and how small I was playing until these, these five guys walked into the building. And all of a sudden, you know, these guys are, are, are running multi, multi million, seven and eight figure companies, multiple seven and eight figure companies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you talk about time freedom and money freedom, and you talk about um, the, the impact they were having and the success that they were, they were not just having for themselves, but were creating for others that worked for them and were part of their mission. I was like, holy shit, man, these guys are on a completely different level. And, um, and then what I, what I realized is the thing that was similar between all of them um, was personal development. Mm -hmm. So they all had very different companies, but I'm like, these guys all do this thing called personal development. And I wasn't involved in personal development back then. And so I was like, I got to get involved with that. Like success leaves clues. Right. And there yeah. was a clue here that a, I was thinking and dreaming and achieving way too small. Um, I knew in my gut that I had the ability to do more. I just, I didn't, I wasn't tapping into it. I didn't realize that I, that I could tap into it necessarily. And, um, and then I just went all in on, on personal development personal and professional, but really, really grasped onto this fact that, um, that, that we never arrive. Like we, there's never a point where we are the very best version of ourselves. If we're willing to do the work, like we can continue becoming a better and better and better version of ourselves as a husband, as a father, as a man, as a friend, as a leader in, in every facet. Right. And if we're willing to do the work our entire lives, then technically speaking, the day we die, that is the best, like that yeah. is the very best version of ourselves as we leave this planet for those that are willing to do the work. I, 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 I caught that, um, I caught onto that and then I just started creating the wave and riding the wave and, and the wave has just continued to get bigger and bigger over time. Yeah. I wrote down a couple of things there from that. Um, uh, I wrote down, raise your network, raise your standards, mm -hmm. right. Of like, you know, if you're not getting out there, if you're not meeting people and if, if you're the smartest person in the room, uh, then you're probably doing the wrong thing. Right is you need, you need to get to a new room because there's always going to be a next level of growth, right? And then I wrote down, you know, personal development is key. And I would 100% agree with that, man. Like where I was, you know, four years ago to where I am now is a completely unrecognizable person, Yeah, you know? Um, yeah. And, and a lot of that has been proximity too, right? It's been getting around people that are more successful, understanding what they're doing, looking at, like you said, success leaves clues, right? So mm -hmm. who who is it that I want to, you know, once you actually raise your network and start raising your standards, then look at, hey, who has accomplished what I want to accomplish? What, what do they do, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll tell you, so, and I'm going to steal this from a page from Lindsay Schwartz book. She was the, the keynote at, at the event we just did. We did a real big couples event here a few weeks ago. And, um, and it was amazing. Lindsay, she's owned uh, a community called Powerhouse Women okay. for um, last eight or so years. And so she's our keynote. And, the, you know, because we're launching a community and she owns a community, she's talking about this. And I think this is really valuable for, for all of your uh, listeners. It was extremely valuable for everybody in the room. There's three different groups out there. And we need to audit these groups. 
The first group are detractors. These are people in our lives, circumstances in our lives, hobbies, uh, things that we do, things that we allow that that take away or make us uh, go further away from that best version of ourselves, from our goals, from what we're capable of, from you know achieving greatness and success. The the detractors, these are things where where they take more than they give, you know, and 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 people can generally, and there's probably people listening to this right now that that they can see the the, the people's faces, they know the names already. They're like that person's a detractor. Like mm. the, the, when I'm around them, I just it, you know it just makes me irritated or I leave frustrated. Um, it's a toxic relationship or things that they're doing or allowing in their behaviors or proximity they have to uh, other things that that detract. That's that's the first community. Um, the second community is like the like the fun community. The, the, these are like the players. These are the ones that we uh, we love spending time with because we um, we just have a great time. Like we can barbecue with them, we can camp with them, we go golfing with them. And it's just it's laughter, it's fun, it's easy. Um, there's, there's, it's a good day when you can, you can spend a day with a bunch of, of, of your friends and people that are in this second community, which is the players community where you're, there's playing that's happening. Now they don't necessarily give or take when it comes to goals and dreams and aspirations. Mm -hmm. Like you you don't leave a better person. You don't leave a worse person. Um, that's not what this, this community is. Now the third community, this is a community that far too many people have far too few people in. This is your expanders community. So that third one are the, the people that help you expand everything that's beneficial in your life and helps you have more expansive um, achievements, uh, think bigger, dream bigger, achieve bigger. These are people who are doing big. They don't accept small. And when you're around these people, you're like, man, this is, they are, they are really inspirational. Like the, the, what they're doing and and what they have achieved is amazing, right? And you're like, I I would love that to be my reality. Mm-hmm. And every how people define success is all different, right? So um, we have three pillars in our relation in our uh, Ubuntu community: health, wealth, and relationships. Well, the wealth piece it's not just the financial piece, right? It 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 is far more than that. What it how people define wealth is different, but when you're w- around expanders every they're they are wealthy wealthy with time with with people with money um uh with opportunity and um and you when you're with these people you 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 leave a better person than when you arrived right so here's where i'm going with this whole thing when it came to this personal development piece of it where it started was looking at proximity what what was my proximity to detractors how many detractors did I have at that time where I was actually spending time around people or doing things or had habits um, that almost physically pulled me away from that, that best version of myself, from the opportunities, from the goals that I had um, and removed me from it. And, and I was allowing it, right? Because we'd sit in the driver's seat of our own life. Mm-hmm. We're not passengers here. So I, I, I did this evaluation, I'm like, man, I have far too many detractors, I need to delete the shit out of that. And, and, and in some circumstances, all we can do is dramatically edit it because certain relationships like family, especially it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to dramatically edit this thing. And it's going to have a very, very small sliver of, of interaction in my life, in my family's life. The, the play one, it's like, okay, that's that like that one. 
you, you want to have that one for sure, right? But you can't you can't spend a majority of your time there, or else you're just going to be like, just go buy a van and live, you know, live by the beach and you know have a surfboard on it, and you could just like, you've got you don't you can't have big goals that are getting achieved if all you're doing or most of the time what you're doing is spending with the the players. Uh, but when I when I was getting into this personal development thing, Drew, as I was like, I don't have any expanders mm. in mm. in my circle. Like I don't spend much time at all with people who think big, dream big and achieve big. And when I looked at these five guys that were in the room that came, I was like, I don't have any expanders, anybody that's at that level, that's expanding at that level and thinking and achieving at that level. But man, are they out there? And so I just got very intentional about auditing those, those groups. And um, I went from, from way too heavy on the detractor uh, and far too light on the expander. And I flopped it, I flip-flopped that. Yeah. And that, and that, that was propellant that, um, I, I can't explain and, and, uh, emphasize enough the, uh, the magnitude of how the accelerant that put on the success. Yeah. I, there's, there's kind of two ways I look at it. I've, lo- I've loved that framework. I, I, I wrote it down, um, to, to come back to it, but, uh, the way that I look at it is there, there's kind of two sets. There's, there's people that give you energy or there's things that give you energy and there's things that drain energy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. how do you set your life up to, be more around the things that give you that positive energy, right? And that's kind of, you know, the give you energy to, to me would be those, that fun community, that player community, and the expander community, right? And I think you have to have a nice balance there because if you were all the time around, you know, the expander community, just go, 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 like you're going to get burnt out. Like you, you have to have some some play, some fun, right? But it doesn't need to be detracting from you. It doesn't mean yeah. to be draining any energy from you, right? So, yeah. and that's a hard yeah. conversation to have, man, on, on, you know, especially if folks are close to you, right? If it's mm-hmm. been friends that you've had for a long time, if it's family members, um, you know, but ultimately you only have so much energy to give, right? Um, and, and where are you going to place that energy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we all have the same days of the week, hours in the day. Um, the difference between people who are really achieving big and creating big opportunities for themselves and their families in the future and creating generational impact is how they spend those hours in those days and those weeks and years and months. Um, so it is, it, it, like, it is a simple thing to explain. It is not quite as easy to do, especially when it is family, but here's what I'll tell you. It, it's like Yoda said, you know, you, you either do or you don't, there's no trying here, right? Like you can, you can continue doing the same thing you've been doing and continue getting the same thing that you have been getting, because we will always get the things we accept and whatever we do and whatever we accept in life. Um, we get, we get in return because of cause and effect, um, accordingly. So, you know, if we don't want to get, uh, whatever the thing is or whatever the circumstance is, we can no longer accept it. So you have to draw a line of demarcation in the, in the sand when it comes to the relationships. And it's not easy when it's family and I've had to do it. Um, and, you know, in some circumstances you have to be more, you have to be more like upfront about it. You'd be like, look, like I'm, you're, you're not going to see any more of our stuff anymore because you've been blocked in, and mm. you've been blocked from all the social. And that's what I did with my mom. And, you know, it was not an easy, and as even today, it's not an easy conversation, but it was necessary. Um, because my family is my wife and son. Now my, the, yeah. the, the, <clears throat> we have flipped the page in, you know, the generational, uh, journey here to where now I'm looking at my wife and my son, and I'm focused on on that, right? So 
Um, it's not easy. Other times with the, with the friend side of things, look, they, they'll throw shade. Some of them will throw shade and be like, man, you've changed. Well, I have changed and you have, yeah. that's unfortunate. Yeah, I hope right? I've changed. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's, it's look, and that's what happened. Like if people don't choose to go on this journey with you and, and I would hope that everybody offers it, people to come, if you care about people we try to get them to come on mm. the journey with you, but if they're not willing to come, that's, that's their choice, but you will find that there's, there's this degree of separation that happens to the point to where you stop, you stop relating as much and the conversations just, they're just not there anymore. And so, you know, the relationship sort of dissolves and they'll say, look, you've changed. Yep. I have. And I wish you would too. Um, but I also have friends and, and people that I really, really care about and love that are in that fun community, right. And mm -hmm. then that fun box. And when we hang out with them, we, we flip off the, the expander switches, right? It's like, this is not about that. When we're going mm -hmm. and we're barbecuing, we're hanging out, we're playing cornhole and, you know, we were flipping meat on the grill. Like that's what that is about. And, and so we, we mentally just wrap our head around that. And that way we don't have expectations about leaving more expanded and, or, or like yeah. excited or like new goals were set. Um, they just stay there. And that's, and that's great. We don't spend as much time as we used to with them, but um, we're on our own journey. Yeah. Well, dude, I want to, I want to expand upon alliteration, expand upon that expanders community concept. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you have, and, and, and forgive me if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, but Ubuntu, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Ubuntu, yep. Ubuntu. So, which is all about dominating as a couple. Yep. Right. And so you, you know, you, you have this spouse, you guys want to make sure that you're on the same path together. You have goals together. You're dominating. How mm -hmm. do you have those conversations and, and you as the man and the husband lead effectively to, to make sure that your wife is bought into this vision. She's just shared part of the vision and you guys can expand together. Right. And, and it's, there's a time and a place obviously to have, to have fun. Right. And, mm -hmm. and to just go on date night, have fun. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but we want to make sure that we're in that relationship is, is positively impacting our, our, our energy levels. Right. And so like, how, how what are you guys doing in that community to, to really help, you know, husbands and wives come together that way? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the ideal candidate for the community are, are couples who they recognize that there's, there's, there's much more that they can achieve together, right? When it comes mm -hmm. to this husband wife relationship thing, that, that other person is the one person that you chose to do life with, right? We, mm -hmm. our kids had no say so about coming into this world. You know, your, your son turning 17 months tomorrow, you know, uh, 18 months ago, he, he, he was, he was in your, in your wife's stomach, right. Had no say so about entering this world. Mm. And, um, and when it comes to like our kids growing up, they leave the nest and they, they create their own families and they go on their own mm -hmm. journeys. And when it's all said and done before kids arrive and after the kids leave the nest, it's the parents. And so that one other person that you chose to do life with, um, why not, work on the relationship to the point of making making that journey as as successful and fulfilling and exciting um, as you possibly can. And so that's, that's where the starting point is. And if people are married, that's, they want that. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens over time is life, you know, starts to really get busy and kids start to appear, right. And then you're just, we, before you know, you're, you're focusing on things that are taking up a lot of attention, because they're priorities, but the relationship stops being mm -hmm. the priority. And so there, there are three relationships in every relationship, right? There's the one that you have with yourself. 
the one that they have with themselves, and then the one that you have together. So when it comes to the Ubuntu community, it, it is it is threefold in that way. So thing number one is you yourself have to be super healthy. You have to be mentally, emotionally, physically, you have to be yoked. Like you have to, you cannot give what you don't have, right? So if you mm-hmm. you want your family to 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 have and achieve and do and and you just want more and you want more uh, the cool stuff you have to start with yourself first you cannot lead people if you don't know how to lead yourself nobody's going to want to follow you if you are a hypocrite if you are mm-hmm. somebody who says do as i say not as i do um people aren't going to take you seriously so you know the husbands are working on themselves the wives are working on themselves and then and then the two of them are working on the relationship together and as long as they're in any way bought into personal development understand the the value of personal development then um it, it's a, it's the couple is is elevating together now mm-hmm. what they're working on um individually is going to be different but we have tools for that uh, we have an entire workbook. It's like 200 pages where it's got everything from, you know, um, weekly uh, scorecards to challenges to, um, you know, uh, monthly goals, quarterly goals, annual goals, individual and um, as a family. And so there's all these tools. And then we have these speakers that come in and they they pour into the community. Um, we have challenges. We're about ready in October. We're going to start the best sex series. <laughs> um, which is, you know, the end goal and the end end uh, outcome of this series uh, from October to December is um, that when you when you are optimized individually and as a couple, one of the coolest byproducts is what happens in the bedroom. Great right? sex. <laughs> so it's a great sex. So it's the best sex series. Uh, we're really pumped about that. Um, we won't be letting anybody into the community during that point because it's like this is a, a full series that you can't jump in at, at any um, point after it starts. But um, yeah, man, that's, that's really where it's at is, is um, you just have to be into personal development and you have to be into the relationship and you have to be into um, having one year from now look completely better in, in the most awesome ways. And then and that's the sheet you start from and you mm. just start building off of that. Mm. I love that, man. Yeah, I, I kind of wrote down this graphic as you were talking. I'm, I'm a extremely visual guy, so I kind of write these little things down, you know? Yeah. And and I put you, you, them, them, you, them, right? And then I put individual growth on both. And then that kind of connects, right, to mm-hmm. together growth. Mm-hmm. It's we, We've got to be growing ourselves before yep. we can really start to grow each other. Because if it's one-sided, you know, to the relationship, trying to grow, you know, it's not going to work, right? You've got, you've got yeah. to kind of both as partners be doing that individual growth. And then yeah. you can really come together, you know, and, and grow together. So yeah, no, that, that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm interested in, um, you know, the, the great sex challenge that that'll be really easy to market for I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, um, it's, uh, and, and it's just going to be a ton of fun, but dude, like, dude, life is so, it is so fun when you get aligned with your spouse, like that one other person that you chose to do life with. Um, I'll tell you, there was, there was a time where, where my wife and I were in such a shitty place in our relationship back in like 2015 timeframe that, um, that like we were actively thinking about separation and divorce. And I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking about what it's going to be like for my son to, to be raised in a home that I'm not in. And, and, um, and, um, some other guy is going to be influencing him and who the hell is that guy going to be right. Mm-hmm. And like, these are active loops that we're playing back then. 
And we did the work. We did the work together. We did the work individually. We did the things that I just described to you. And, um, and dude, for the last several years, we have been in such an amazing place that it is actually fun to do life and to dominate with your spouse. I mean, my wife and I, this morning, we do jujitsu together. We, my, my wife's son and I do jujitsu together and <laughs> your audience will hopefully appreciate this, but like we're, we're, we're getting a role in. So one of the final roles, um, her and I are rolling together. I'm a purple belt. She's a blue belt. Um, I've been training with our son since 2016, uh, 2017. Um, and she jumped in about three years ago. And so, um, you know, she's, she's, she's not bad at all. Yeah, she kicked my ass for sure. <laughs> she kicked a lot of people's ass. She's yeah. very sweet. She, people, people are like, man, I, I, I didn't expect that out of you. Cause she's like, you look at her, she's like petite and very sweet looking. She'll be smiling and giggly. And then she just whoops your ass and puts you in a triangle or something because she's got these long legs. Yeah. Um. So we're 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 mixing it up to, uh, on, on the mats this morning, and you know, um, she goes she goes up, uh, and she gets on side control, and of course, naturally, I'm in motorboat motorboat country, right? So I like, you know, uh, this is throw great. one of those in there. Yeah. yeah. It, a lot of jujitsu is about like trickery and like you know distraction and stuff. So now you know, I just throw that in, and um, but we the the bell rings after the whole thing, and and there there we are just like like, like hugging it out on, on the mats, you know, afterwards. And that was the, the last rule. Um, you know, we have gotten to a place where we have found the things that we genuinely, both of us individually really love and enjoy. Um, and we do it together. And, you know, if, if more couples figured out what they genuinely really enjoy doing together, um, and individually, there, the, the experiences that are created are, um, are just far and away better. Yeah, dude, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I, I love that. Um, it'd be hard pressed to get my wife out on the uh, the mats with me, but I'm I'm gonna challenge her with that for sure. It, it doesn't um, have to. It could be whatever, dude. It could be like <laughs> like like creating like I don't know, f fly fishing hooks or yeah, you know, just some, something together. Something, yeah, yeah that you both mm -hmm. you but you both got to individually enjoy it, right? It can't be a chore for one. Yeah. And, um, and happiness for the other but look you got married you got to have a lot of interest like a similar oh, yeah. interest so you, you gotta but you find it and then you do it on a regular basis it's like a yep. it's a common occurrence and yeah then that's like cups. yeah for, for my wife and i, I mean that for us that's getting outdoors right that, that's going hiking that's going on these these kind of excursions and things like that we talked before we jumped on right you know about how much like we love montana wyoming mm -hmm. um you know so that's kind of our thing right is we may not be uh, getting after in the mass, but we're getting after it in the woods. Um, yeah. you know, and so it's, it's, it's awesome, yeah. man. It, it's, yeah, it's so cool. Just to like, we're, we're in that spot. We're both enjoying it. Right. Like to get together, mm -hmm. you know, it's so yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I, I want to touch on too. Um, so the, the squire program, yeah. Um, for, for folks that don't know about it, you know, my understanding, you know, is it, it's kind of a, a father son rite of passage, right? It's 25 hours. Is that right? The, Somewhere so the, there. Squire, the squire program is like eight to nine hours. The, okay. the, the project, which is the, the men's version is 75 hours. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was thinking a little bit length, lengthier than it was, but, um, but I, I love the idea of, of the squire program. So I, whenever I found out I was having a son, um, I immediately started like digesting every single, you know, like son parenting book I could find, mm -hmm. um, like, Hey, what does the father's son relationship look like? And mm -hmm. probably the one that I was drawn to the most was the modern day night, um, modern day night by, um, 
forget his name now. I, I'll have to go up and look for it. Um, yeah, How to Raise a Modern Day Knight. Yes, How to Raise a Modern Day yeah. Knight. Yeah, mm-hmm. which was incredible, man. It just really laid the foundation for me of like, how am I going to raise my son? What values am I going to teach him? Mm-hmm. Um, how can I instill those values in me and mm-hmm. then display them, you know, on a daily basis to, for him to, to, to follow the example? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to know about Squire Prayer, man. Like, like how how is that helping the father-son relationship for guys and how important do you think it is to have that kind of rite of passage? I think that's something we're missing for sure mm-hmm. in our environment right now. Uh, when you look back in history, you know, we've always had that kind of rite of passage for, for mm-hmm. boy, boyhood to manhood. So mm-hmm. I, I'd love to just kind of get your perspective on it. Yeah, dude. I, I think, so the, the, I think it's a Japanese, the Misogi, I think it comes from the Japanese. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, that is what needs to happen. It, and and when we expose ourselves to uh, a misogi on, you know, s- somewhat of a regular basis, you know, uh, there's a tremendous amount of growth that happens. And when you're doing that as a father and son, there's there's a very unique uh, occurrence with a bond that's created as this this almost this torch is passed from this is the mother son to now this is the father son, mm. which is which is you know a tribal thing um from our our history and ancestors but a misogi is really very simplified it's a it's a really challenging thing that that has a legitimate probability of a 50% failure rate so it's got a defined timeline it's got a defined finish line and it has to challenge you to the degree to where you're no bullshitting yourself or anybody else, it's like, there's a 50, 50 shot. I'm going to finish this thing. I'm going to get across that finish line in the time that set. That Mm. is what a Misogi is. And when you, when you do cross the finish line, you feel very, very accomplished when that happens. If you don't finish uh, and complete it in either like period, like you, you, you have to bow out or you just, you didn't meet the, the, um, the mark for time, you know that it wasn't a failure because uh, there was a 50% shot you weren't going to finish it. So, you know, it was, a, it could have gone either way, but you do know what you can work on to go and, and do it again. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now there are all the lessons that's learned. That's what I love about competing in jujitsu is you go and you get your ass kicked on the mats. Uh, you go back to the, to the schoolhouse and you're like, the, I, I need to get in, in your bottom half and I need to, I, I need you to do this and this and you smash me here and you, you know, cross face me there and let me see, let, let me see how I can get better and improve. Right. When you look at it, that, and again, that's the opportunity looking at it through the lens of an opportunity and not a failure, you go back and then you do the thing. And then eventually you will finish the Masogi. Um, so the Squire program and even the project, that's that's really what it is. Now, what is amazing about the Squire program is that when the father and son do it together and because of, of helping each other and the conversations that happen, um, there's this, we, it really kind of goes back to the Ubuntu, like I am because we are, like we did this thing. And there's a saying out there that gets misunderstood a lot, which is the, um, uh, blood is thicker than water, right? Most people think that that means that when your family, that bond, because of the nature of the family, um, should be tighter than anybody else, when really it's actually quite the opposite. The full saying is 
the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. So those that you that you shed blood with or that you you um, you experience real adversity and overcome real adversity with that bond is thicker than the water of the womb. If you don't experience that same adversity with somebody you shared the womb with the same womb with that, that won't be nearly as tight with people you overcame adversity with. So that's what you're, you're looking to do in a father son relationship is overcome adversity together. Um, yeah. You're looking to do something challenging together. You're looking to create a scenario where you get to have deep and meaningful conversations together about what it means to be a man, um, what it means to be a protector, what it means to be a provider, and that the son gets to experience the father being very intentional about, about this, your coming of age thing, that this is, this is, this is what it means. But, you know, you're, it's a foundation of you've seen me lead the family in this way. You've experienced me leading the family. You've, you've witnessed the relationship that I have worked on and built with your mother. Um, and now it's time for you and I to have a conversation and to do some man shit, mm -hmm. right? That's, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. I love, I've, lo I've never, I don't think I've ever heard the, that quote like expanded that way. The, um, the covenant quote. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and I absolutely love that, man. It, it takes me back to like my time in the military. Um, you know, that there is no greater bond with anyone. I don't think that, that I'll mm -hmm. have of, of the guys that I went to war with, you know, correct. Yeah. Um, and it's because of that, right. We have that mm -hmm. shared suffering together. We have that experience mm -hmm. together. Um, and to be able to, to craft that with your son, um, is just incredible, man. And, and the other thing too, that you, you talked about with Masogi is, you know, you feel very accomplished after, after that, right. Mm -hmm. It's a challenge. Um, mm -hmm. and that, that's other things I look back to in my military career as well, where there's been a super high failure rate. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I made it on the other side. And that's mm -hmm. one thing I look back, you know, with, with extreme fondness of is, is like, you know, I don't remember any of the suffering part of it, you know, I've kind of blocked that out. And I just remember the accomplishment, right? Totally. And so, yeah. you know, to be able for, for us to be able to do that for our sons, um, and kind of put those, those toll gates, you know, throughout their life of like, hey, let's, let's put you up against a challenge. And if it's a shared challenge, even better, right, mm -hmm. that we can, we can create that, that bondness too. It's just mm -hmm. something that's been missing, you know, mm -hmm. um, there's not really anything like that in our culture now. And there used to be all the time, right, mm -hmm. you know, um, thousands of years ago and a different tribal, you know, mm -hmm. uh, things as well. So I think that's an awesome thing you guys are doing, man. Um, I, you know, my son's 17 months, so I don't think he's quite ready. Um, you know, but we'll, we'll be there for sure. Yeah, dude. And I, look, I'll tell you this, your, your son's a few years away from, from, um, being able to actually witness and retain memories about what he sees that's happening in the home. Right. Uh, your other kids, you're they're they're there. They're, oh, they're, they're in prime time right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, personalities are developed from zero, eight, zero to four five years old, right? These are very crucial years in, in the, the personality being developed in that, like, what, you know, this is your time where that is what is most important. Mm. Um, and the next stages are, um, are really them picking up the lessons that you're teaching, because they're, they're being caught, right? You're going to teach mm -hmm. lessons through what they're catching and observing. And then eventually, like I was when I was 10, they're going to start hanging around their friends. They're going to realize that they never see their friends' parents like touch or, mm -hmm. or show affection or they're like, they're, it's weird energy or they're arguing, right? And, and, and that's when there's like these really monumental moments that will get stapled into their minds of, 
I am really thankful for the fact that my parents go on a date night every single week. Like they'll take it for granted up until that point. And then something will happen. Like, I'm so thankful they do that. I'm so thankful that they, they have a scorecard that they're intentional about. I'm so thankful that they um, taught me to choose hard over easy and, and not to take the easy path. And, and, you know, and that there is, there is lessons to be learned and value to be had from leaning into adversity. Now it makes sense why they, they made me do this thing or, um, you know, we um, had that experience and, or how they interpreted this event that took place that, you know, um, w- was unfortunate, but they leaned into the lesson learned and the opportunity had, like mm-hmm. there will be a time and, um, and we just can't ever forget that how, how our kids watch and they learn. And what we teach is um, really important because it's there are lessons that we're, we are teaching. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they watch every single thing, single thing you do. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, they don't listen to anything you say. Um, but they're, they're watching what you do. hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and they do listen to they like, you know, um, they do. It's amazing. They listen. They, um, well, at least it's been my experience, but I've got just the one yeah. who's 14. But, um, but yeah, man, it's one of the, it's one of the greatest blessings that we can have. And, um, and I never want my son to ever experience when he becomes, when he starts getting into relationships and eventually becomes a parent that he thinks, you know, um, I'm going to do this because I'm going to do the opposite mm. of what my dad did because of, of, of what I experienced mm-hmm. in doing, I'm going to do the opposite. I don't want my son to do the opposite. I want him to do what I did because I, because I led. I was, a, I was an effective leader of myself and of my family. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt, dude, where, where can folks find you at? Like, what's the, the best place for them to connect with you? Um, you know, I would say I'm most active on Instagram. Um, just about anything that they want to learn about, whether it's the coaching, it's the couples community or anything else that we're doing, um, they can find it through that channel. Okay, awesome. And we'll, we'll link it up to it in the description. Um, guys, uh, I know we, we talked at the very beginning. I hope you get like maybe one, nugget from this right there, there's probably i don't you can see, I've, I've got two and a half pages written down of notes from our <laughs> conversation so quite a few nuggets definitely want to go back and rewind and listen to this one again if, if you're not uh in a place you can take notes so um matt dude you you are doing amazing things you're spreading the amazing message um you know just around leadership around fatherhood so just want to say thank you for coming on man keep doing what you're doing we need dads like you to keep showing up um because ultimately we are the leaders of the family we're leaders of the home and we're going to, we're going to craft what that next generation looks like, man. So just appreciate everything you're doing. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate being here. Awesome. Well guys with that, we will see you on the next episode.